brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Tuesday, July 12th edition of the show on YouTube. But if you're listening to it, it is, of course, the Wednesday, July 13th show. And I will go ahead and start off and tell you that I've had multiple people ask me to start doing a show where we've got news and different college football topics to discuss and to have a different show for our college football previews, we've only got three conferences left. We've got the Big 12, we've got the Big 10, and we've got the SEC. So for the next three weeks, we're just going to have double the podcasts, double the shows, etc. I already cut these shows into segments on YouTube anyway, so why not just go ahead and do separate shows, maybe make the pods a little bit shorter, and that way we can fit everything in. If you want to listen to these, obviously you can with the previews. Uh, if you don't, that's fine too. There are some people that just come in for news and conversation and some people that come in for previews. So we're going to split these things up. We're going to see how this thing works and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. For today, we are going to discuss the Big 12 Part 1. And that will, of course, include Oklahoma State all the way through Kansas State, the top five teams from last year's standings. And we're going to start this thing off with, and let me go ahead and write the time down, but uh, now that you know exactly what we're doing, we're going to start with the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who finished first in the Big 12 last year. Of course, they did lose the Big 12 title game, but I'm going by standings. They won the Big 12 regular season, and then, of course, lost the rematch to Baylor in the Big 12 title game. But this team was interesting, to say the least. Uh, very, very interesting, and we'll go ahead and pull this up on the screen here. Mike Gundy, 12-2 and two last year. They did win the Fiesta Bowl. That was certainly a big, big, big win, but uh, but went, you know, 12-1, and one, or uh, excuse me, excuse me, 11-2 in the regular season if you include the championship game, 11-1 and one otherwise. If you look at it, they were closer to a 10-2 and two football team as opposed to 11-1 and one in the regular season. Uh, found that kind of interesting, kind of interesting. But uh, of course, you're not going to be a hundred percent on every post game win expectancy. Went eight and one in the conference last year. The projected SP plus record for this season is eight and four. Returning production number one hundred five in the country. It's fifty five percent. That's definitely not good. Better on offense than they are on defense. And who did the defense lose quite a bit? The offense was a little bit of a disaster. Not exactly what you would expect from a Mike Gundy football team. They were number 97 in PPA per drive. I mean, that's just, I don't even, inexplainable, really. Uh, Spencer Sanders, not great. He's been the starter for quite a while. He has shown flashes over and over and over again, and he is back. And you know, we'll go ahead and start off with the offense. 
They lose Jalen Warren, the running back, who kind of took over. They lose Tay Martin, the wide receiver. But Spencer Sanders is back. He had 668 yards rushing last year, 2,800 yards passing, 26 total touchdowns. He did have 12 interceptions. You have to wonder this year, can he get the offense to another level with their wide receiver, Presley? you got to fix the running game. For whatever reason, they are hit or miss when it comes to the running game. Last year, number 118 in rushing plays PPA, the offensive line was number 111 in stuff rate. They couldn't block. Uh, can new guys like the running back Ollie Gordon turn that around? I I mean, it remains to be seen. I don't think that Gundy has lost any of his chops as far as an offensive play caller, but obviously we'll have to see about that going into this season. They were number 49 in passing success rate, which is a little bit shocking considering what we have seen from Spencer Sanders, but he's got a little bit of that Adrian Martinez gene in him where sometimes he doesn't show up, but sometimes he does. Obviously, you saw big-time things out of him against Notre Dame in the bowl game. Uh, We'll see if they can continue that going into this season. As far as the defense, they did lose Jim Knowles. That was a massive, massive loss. He got hired away by Ohio State. Uh, Derek Mason will be the new defense coordinator, and that's a huge hire, just a massive hire. Mason did good things at Auburn last year. He's always been a good defensive coordinator. Obviously, he was hired away from Stanford as their defensive coordinator to become the new head coach at Vanderbilt. Had a decent run at Vanderbilt until it just completely ran off the rails there towards the end. They've only got four starters back on defense here. Three on the defensive line, one in the secondary. They're losing Knowles, but again, Mason, fantastic hire. Can Mason maintain the same uh, same productivity with only 127 snaps returning at linebacker, and they didn't really bring in any transfers? Uh, there's going to be growing pains on defense big time this year. I I mean, they were number four in defensive PPA per drive, number five in rushing success rate allowed, number 20 in passing success rate allowed. This was a fantastic defense last year. Like, this was the reason why they won games. They're projected favorites in seven games. There's eight games that are toss-ups. And you're going to see this a lot in the Big 12. Those toss-ups are, for me, any game that is within one score or projected to be within one score. Eight of them out of the 12-game schedule. So, really, they could just go... Anywhere. The win total sits at 8.5. It's juiced to the under at minus 125. Uh, to win the conference, they're plus 600, you know, 6-1. to one. I put down for keys to the season, Spencer Sanders has to step up. And the offensive line, even with three interior offensive linemen back, they got to be better in the running game. They were pretty decent in pass protection last year. Uh, defense has led the way for the last couple of seasons. They're going to need to lean on that offense again, which is where Gundy has shined in the past. Um The other question I've got, can the team fix their turnover issue? They were number 71 in turnover margin, number 96 in the country in total turnovers lost. you got to find a way to not beat yourself, especially if your defense is not to the point where you can just lean on them. right? When they would turn the football over last year, they had a defense that they could lean on that, you know, they didn't have to worry about the other team scoring touchdowns every time. They could find a way to either get the ball back or they could get stops. Are they going to be able to get those stops this year with only 40% of the defense returning? That's what I'm curious about, especially with Knowles gone. That's, that is a huge, huge loss. I've got them at 8-4. and four. I, I don't think... There's a lot of people that expect a lot out of this team, especially with a starting quarterback coming back. But I, I don't know that the starting quarterback is somebody that you can really lean on. I've got losses to Texas Tech at TCU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma. i got a win over Texas. i got a win over Baylor. Uh, you know... It, I just feel like crazy stuff will go on with this team and with this conference. So don't hold me to any of those. 
Um, but you could totally see maybe a loss to Iowa State, but a win over Oklahoma. You could see a loss to uh, a, a loss to Texas, but a win over TCU. I mean, just anything here. But eight and four is around where I'm looking at for uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, again, win total sits at eight and a half. It's juiced to the under. That means that the sports books expect it to go under there. I tend to agree with them. But would it surprise me if Gundy pulls something out of his rear end again? It just seems in years where people don't expect much out of them, they do really, really well. In years where people don't expect much out of them, they, you know, or excuse me, in years where people expect a lot, they don't do well. In years where nobody expects anything, they really do well. This is a year where the expectations are kind of high. So I'm going to think that they will go a little lower than usual. So that's that's my thought process on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And, uh, and we'll write down our time here. I went a little longer on them than I probably should have. But regardless, the Baylor Bears, of course, last year won the Big 12, uh, went 12-2 and overall on the season, won the Sugar Bowl. Uh, the last time that they won the Sugar Bowl, apparently the United States had the best year in the history of the country. Uh, I don't know if any of you read that article, but it was very interesting. I think Chris and I talked about that back when uh, back when we were doing this in January, I guess it was, sometime around there, after they won the uh, the Sugar Bowl over Ole Miss. Post-game win expectancy for this bunch was not great. Obviously, they went 11-2 and in the regular season. If you include the Big Ten, or excuse me, Big 12 title game, uh, their post-game win expectancy here, 8.55 and 3.45. So, Eight and a half wins to three and a half wins. They had some pretty unexpected wins last season uh, as far as stats go, right? Returning production, they're number 118 in the country. That's not good. 50% of their production is coming back, and the offense loses the most. Uh, They lost running back Abram Smith. They lose quarterback Jerry Bohannon. But the fun part about the Bohannon situation is... and we've talked about this on the show, I think it's pretty awesome that Aranda didn't hold out this competition until he got into the fall. He knew that he wanted Chapin to be the quarterback, and he let Bohannon transfer so that he can go be a starter somewhere else. Bohannon wanted to start. He let him out. So the offensive coordinator here, we'll start off with the offense. Uh, Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, they were number 37 in offensive PPA per drive. They were incredibly efficient last year. Um just kind of average. I mean, number 48 in rushing success rate, number 48 in passing success rate. They were number 42 in offensive explosive rate. Had a lot of people DM me uh, over the last couple of weeks about that explosive play rate. Uh, Look at it this way. If you don't run a lot of plays, and yet you do have a lot of explosive plays, obviously your explosive play rate is going to be high. If you do run a lot of plays, your rate is not going to be that big because there's no way that every single play is going to be explosive, right? So the explosive play rate is just a, a different metric there. Um, looking at this bunch, you know, the Chapin beat him out, or beat out uh, uh, Bohannon in the spring. What is the offense going to look like without their top three rushers? Because Bohannon was one of those. They leaned on that running game a lot last year. The ratio was 61% to 39% rush to pass. Uh, do they open it up more? Do they do they maybe change up what they've been doing? I'm curious. I would like to know exactly what they're gonna what they're gonna look like. Um, the offensive line returns four players with 330 plus snaps. Only one of five leading receivers returns, and that's the tight end Sims. I got no idea what this offense is gonna look like. 
they will be completely different than they were last year. And last year, we didn't really know what they were going to look like coming in because they went 2-7 and seven the year before. So they went from 2 wins to 12 wins. Now, I mean, the offense is obviously a key part of the ball game. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't win games if you can't score. So that's kind of an issue. Uh, they do have left tackle Connor Galvin. He's They're going to lean on him quite a bit. I would imagine you're going to see a lot of runs over to that left side just based on him coming back. But, um, but yeah, I want to see what Shapin looks like. I, I want to obviously we saw a little bit of him last year, but I want to see I want to see more of him with him being the starter, with him being the guy in an offense that is shaped around his talent. That's what I want to see on defense. Uh, number twenty nine in PPA per drive, they were number eight in rushing success rate allowed, number forty one in passing success rate allowed. Uh, defense didn't have to run a lot of plays last year, I, and same thing with the offense really. But, uh, but they played a little more methodical because they ran the ball a lot, et cetera. Their defensive explosive play rate was number 116. Again, they did not run a lot of defensive plays, so anytime one of them went pretty long, it was different. Uh, they got seven starters back, including at all levels of the defense. We know that this is Aranda's defense, even though this is Ron Roberts as the defensive coordinator. It's Aranda's defense. They were number 90 in scoring opportunities in 2021, which means that uh, they were number 90 in other teams driving and getting a first down inside that 40-yard line. They were number 13 in points per scoring opportunity. So it was a bit of a bend-don't-break defense, just a touch. I would expect kind of the same thing. Aranda's defenses can be aggressive. They like to get turnovers. <laughs> they, they try to force uh, a lot here. Defense was really good at efficiency and success rate. Biggest weakness was the explosive, play, uh, explosive plays allowed. You look at it, they were number 90 in 10-plus yard plays, as I was just talking about, number 73 in 20-plus yard plays. I, you know, I'm curious what they're going to have to lean on this defense, much the same way that Oklahoma State did last year. Is the defense strong enough for them to maybe suffer some growing pains on the offensive side of the ball? I still trust Jeff Grimes, and obviously I trust Aranda as a defensive coordinator. I just want to know what this team is going to look like. Did everything just gel perfectly last year, or was that just the beginning of what this team is going to look like going forward? Because they lost a ton, just a ton on offense. Uh, on defense, at number number 70 in returning production, eh, about average, 62% coming back. Uh, the keys to the season here, uh, find the identity on offense early. Uh, do they open it up more? Since, again, the ratio was 61 to 39 rush to pass. And then turnover margin. It was beautiful last year. Number seven in the country. You got to try to maintain that. Eliminate allowing so many explosive plays on defense. And they are projected favorites in six games. They've got seven toss-ups. Again, the toss-ups, eight points or less uh, projected game there. Win total is seven and a half. It's juiced to the over at minus 150. I, I look at this schedule. I've got a loss to BYU, a loss to Oklahoma State, a loss at Texas Tech, and a loss at Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I I look at this and I wonder, is this um? I don't know. I've got I've got something weird here. Uh, <laughs> no, I've got a loss at Texas. I typed that out wrong. Uh, so a loss at Texas, a loss at Oklahoma. I I have to wonder what this team will be. Uh, I think they can go eight and four, but. It's so hard to figure out. Like, could they drop back down to just six wins? Yes. 
Could they come in with another 9 or 10 win season if Shapin's able to open up the offense? Yes. Like any any number of ranges is available here. I've got them at 8 and 4. Uh, again, win total 7.5. They're plus 600, same as Oklahoma State, to win the conference title. Eh, okay. Like, I, I think I like what Baylor has turned into with Aranda. But again, we have two years. That's our sample size. And in his first year, they won two games. In his second year, they won 12 games. What's the difference? Right? Let's split the difference here. Like, obviously, the hire of Jeff Grimes was huge. I want to see what they're going to look like this season before we make any long-term decisions on Dave Aranda. Right? That's what I would like to do. We'll move on to the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, this is an interesting one, right? Brent Venables comes in as the head coach. Lincoln Riley leaves. They did not make the Big 12 title game last year for the first time in forever. They had won so many conference titles. I mean, it was just ridiculous. The offense was a bit of a a downer last year. Uh, everybody assumed that Spencer Rattler was the heir apparent to all of those uh, Heisman contenders for years and years, and he just was not. Uh, they were they were pretty good in 2020, and then in 2021, you know, you remember they whipped Florida, and it obviously it was not the same Florida team that you saw in the regular season. But they destroyed them in the bowl game at the end of 2020. 2021, they come in and they have all the hype in the world and everything's great. This year, 57% returning production after an 11-2 season. They won the bowl game, by the way. Bob Stoops coming out of retirement to coach was interesting, to say the least. Uh, But their offense only returns 46% of their production. You know, they've got new offense coordinator Jeff Levy from Ole Miss. I, they were still, like, the numbers were still good. And it just kind of goes to show that Lincoln Riley's offenses, even when you can tell that something is off, they're still going to put up numbers and they're still going to be efficient. They were number 14 in PPA per drive. That's predicted points added per drive. Uh, Rushing success rate was number 28. Passing success rate was number 15, even though they had to swap from Spencer Rattler over to Caleb Williams in the middle of the year. You know, projected SP Plus record this year is 10-2. and Their postgame win expectancy. This is a bit of a cause for concern for me. Yes, they went 11 and 2 last year. They went 10 and 2 in the regular season, 7.47 and 4.53. So, they were closer to like a 7 and 5 or an 8 and 4 team than they were a 10 and 2 team. And that's interesting. You remember all those close games early, one score win over Nebraska, one score win over uh, West Virginia, one score win over Iowa State, etc. Uh let's move to the offense for this season. Again, Jeff Lebby is the new offensive coordinator. Came over from Ole Miss. He was Lane Kiffin's, uh, uh, excuse me, OC at Ole Miss. He was, uh, I just went blank on the name, Um, Josh Heupel's offensive coordinator when he was at UCF. Dylan Gabriel, the former UCF starter, is going to be the guy here. And there's not a lot behind him, so you got to hope that he stays healthy. He was out injured for the majority of last season. He started off well with Gus Malzahn. And then, of course, Mikey Keene took over the role. And who knows who's going to be the quarterback at UCF. We're not going to worry about that. There's really no sense in looking at prior numbers for this offense because it's going to be completely different than than what they ran last year. The offensive line coach, Bedenbaugh, stayed in Norman, so that's good. He can work with the left tackle, Harrison. Uh, Let me go and pull this up on the screen so you guys can see. 
Uh, they got two other starters. They got wide receiver Marvin Mims, running back Eric Gray. Those guys are playmakers. They are going to be good. They are going to get a lot of usage, just a ton of usage. I, I, I wonder about this. Like, what are the growing pains on offense to move between Lincoln Riley's offense and Jeff Levy's offense? They are, they are not as similar as you would think, right? Both of them do like to run quite a bit, but there are some distinct differences between these two offenses that I'm curious to see if the guys that are left over, especially on the offensive line, are going to be able to catch up just as quick, right? That's that's what I want to know. As far as the defense, Brent Venables is a defensive wizard. <laughs> what I really want to see is what is he going to be like on the sideline? Is he just going to let Lebby run the offense and then he just runs the defense kind of like he did at Clemson? Or is he going to be involved in everything? Is he going to be insanely animated? Is he going to have his guy like holding the back of his belt loop? That's I'm curious about all this. Uh, the defensive tackles, Jalen Redmond and Jeffrey Johnson. Uh, Jeffrey Johnson from Tulane, who's a, a transfer that came in. Those are some of the guys that I want to watch here. Uh, other guys I want to see, I mean, the linebacker, Deshaun White, for sure. Uh, this is, I mean, defense is a uh, venable specialty. Uh, the defense was not very good last year. They were number 82 in PPA per drive, uh, number 68 in scoring opportunities. Again, that's drives inside the 40-yard line by the opponent, number 75 in points per scoring opportunity, and then number 112 in explosive play rate allowed. Uh, they brought in six defensive transfers. Five of them, I think, are going to see quite a bit of playing time. Ten players do return with 300-plus snaps, but if the defense was not good and, you know, it doesn't really matter, if you've got guys coming back, if the defense wasn't good. I think that there's plenty here for Venables to work with. This team is a projected favorite in all 12 games. Even with the coaching changeover, even with all the transfers, etc., they are still projected to win every single game. However, there are six toss-ups. As I said for the other two games, or other two teams that I have already gone over, a toss-up to me is any game that is projected to be within one score. They're projected to win all of them, they're projected favorites in all of them, but six of them are going to be by eight points or less. That's that's a cause for concern here. So, uh, keys to the season, you know, you got to keep Gabriel healthy. Without like once he goes out, yeah, I don't know what you have behind him. I, I don't know that anybody does. Uh, offense will be explosive with him, Mims and Gray. Uh, but you can't really afford injuries here. There's not a ton of depth as far as they are concerned. On defense, you got to gel the transfers with the returners very quickly. Hope the returning players improve quickly in a new scheme. Uh, again, really curious what Venables is going to be like as a coach. Um, I, I just, I'm really curious. Is he going to run the defense and let Levy run the offense? How how is that going to work? What's the dynamics going to be? They're uh, they're plus 185 to win the conference, so they are the favorite there. Uh, their win total though is only eight and a half. And it's juiced to the under at minus 120. So, you know, I, I don't know that people expect a lot out of the Big 12. I have them at 10-2. and two. Uh, I've got a loss to Nebraska. I've got a loss to Kansas State. But that's it. So, again, I could see them losing to Texas. I could see them losing to Baylor or Oklahoma State or whatever, right? There's plenty of different spots where they could lose on this schedule. I don't know who it's going to be to. I just have a feeling they'll go 10-2, and two, much like they did last season, and that's putting a lot of faith into Brent Venables. Uh, with only 57% returning production here, the offense returns very little, 46%. That's number 113 in the country. 
But I think that they're going to lean on defense. And we have seen defense be a good stalwart in the Big 12 Conference over the past few years. So if you've got a really good defense, which I think Oklahoma can be under Venables, then I think you got a chance to do really, really well. And I think they got a chance to win the conference. So we'll see what, uh, what they end up being. I'm going to go ahead and run some ads right quick, and then we'll jump back into it. Let's take a break from the show for just a minute to give you some info on things you should know about. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, our gambling picks, our store, the gear we use, and more. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get not only the full shows, but individual segments along with other goodies as well. We're over 5,600 subscribers right now, and our goal by the end of football season is 7,500. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. You can visit winningcureseverything.com slash store and see what all we've added. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And now, back to the show. Next up, we've got the Iowa State Cyclones. Now, Matt Campbell, a bit of a downer last season. Did not go as well as anybody had anticipated. 7-6 and six on the season. That includes a bowl loss to Clemson. Now, they were not expected to beat Clemson. I know that that was only a one-point spread, but the difference in talent was vast. Incredibly vast. I mean, it was... It was just ridiculous. I, I don't even know what else to say. So they went 7-5 and five in the regular season. Their postgame win expectancy said that they were 8.29 and 3.71. Uh, so closer to 8-4, and four, maybe even close to 9-3. and three. There were some very interesting games last year where they just beat themselves. They just absolutely... I mean, they had four turnovers against Iowa. Like, and that was a 10-point game. They should, have, they should have won that game. Bottom line. Uh, West Virginia, they should have won that game. I mean, it was just... So many different things. I think uh, uh, Texas Tech was a three-point game that they lost. I, it was just mind-blowing the way that they were able to lose some of those ball games with such an experienced roster. They lose quarterback Brock Purdy. They lose the tight end Charlie Kolar. They lose uh, Brees Hall, the running back. This offense was incredibly experienced last year, but... Instead, number 56 in PPA per drive on offense, number 101 in rushing success rate with Brees Hall back there. Uh, the passing success rate was pretty good, number 23. Explosive play rate, you don't expect a ton of explosive plays from this offense at number 70 uh, there as far as explosive play rate goes. I look at this, and this is not a team. Like What's crazy to me, and this is you'll figure out why I like these analytics the way that I do, uh, the PPA margin is predicted points added. So it's basically what can you expect from each play on offense and defense, right? So they were 52 in that metric. Number 56 on offense, number 44 on defense. But the net points per drive, which is a different one, that is just 
fact, right? It, like those, that's not predicted points added. That is the actual points that you got. They were number 19. You don't normally see a big difference there. Uh, when you look at this, and I'll pull it up on the screen here, you see they are number 19 in net points per drive, but 52 in PPA margin. Uh, Oklahoma, 26 in PPA margin, number 28 in net points per drive. Uh, Baylor, 23 in PPA margin, number 20 in net points per drive. Oklahoma State was very similar to what Iowa State did, number 27 in PPA margin, but number 12 in net points per drive. That's what makes this so interesting. Like, what happened with this team where... And, and I think some of it had to be turnovers, et cetera. I mean, it was just a weird, weird thing. Uh, let's move to the offense first. Let's start off with that. The goal of the offense this year is avoid a collapse and develop new skill talent for the quarterback, Deckers, right? Um, all the big weapons and the leaders are gone. Uh, the new quarterback, Hunter Deckers, does have the wide receiver, Xavier Hutchinson, and three starting offensive linemen to lean on, so that's good. Uh, again, I bring up the rushing success rate. They were number 101 in... Uh, rushing success rate. That's even with Brees Hall. I, they were number 114 in stuff rate. The offensive line was number 72 in havoc rate allowed. Like the offensive line was, by all metrics, a weak link last year. So if they fix the offensive line this year, what does that mean for the offense? Uh, I think we all kind of knew what we had with Brock Purdy. I'm curious what Deckers is going to be. So. Uh, on defense, most of that 2021 defense is gone. They only bring back five players that had 400-plus snaps, two defensive linemen, two linebackers, one defensive back. It's going to be a tricky year to develop newcomers when you got so much changeover on offense. Uh, looking at the – I mean, they got 38% returning production. That's number 128 in the country. There's only 131 teams. Uh, 37% returning on offense, 39% returning on defense. That's putrid. I mean, it's really bad. The roster strength took a major, major L – they're number 76 in roster strength in the country. That includes recruiting rankings and experience. So that's a bit of an issue. They're number 58 on defense, number 82 on offense. And uh, those roster strength numbers, courtesy of the guys over at CFB Winning Edge, go go talk to Nick. Sign up for Nick's Patreon. I'm telling you, it's fantastic stuff over there. Uh, there's still studs on defense. The defensive end, McDonald, the cornerback, Johnson, linebacker, Vance. Uh, can they be leaders on a unit that was number 16 in havoc rate and number 11 in scoring opportunities? The defense was good. That's what actually won them the majority of their games last year, and it felt like the offense gave some of that stuff away. Uh, they are projected favorites in eight games, even with all that changeover, which just blows my mind. But uh, some of that, I guess, would have to be based on what they were over the last couple of seasons or over the last like three, three years, whatever it is. Uh, they've got eight toss-ups. So they're favorites in eight games, but they do have eight games where uh, – the score is projected to be within one score. I mean, again, this is another one of those where anything goes here. Uh, you gotta, you gotta expect quite a drop off at this point. Again, how much of a drop off can you have from seven and six? They were incredibly experienced and still went seven and six last year. The goal, I think, for them this year is simply a bowl game. Just get to a bowl game. Now, the key to that is getting Deckers comfortable early. And they need the offensive line game and the run game to be significantly better. I don't know if you can do that uh, with a new running back, but if you if you fix the offensive line issue, you ought to be able to put anybody in there, and not just anybody, I understand. But you, you ought to be able to put somebody in there that can be successful, much more so than they were last year. Uh, defense, going to need a lot of work. 
They got three studs that they need to step up as leaders for the new guys. If the culture is that good, is as good as everybody says it is, then the defense will be fine. They were only number 99 in takeaways last year, which means their turnover margin of number 57 is uh, pretty ridiculous. That means they did not turn the ball over very much. Uh, But number 99 in takeaways, I mean, that's kind of insane. (laughs) Kind of insane. It'd be nice for that to improve. Uh, I do have a question, though, about Matt Campbell. And obviously, that would be, like, is is he an Ames lifer? Like, it, did he miss his chance to go somewhere else, or does he even want to? Now, obviously, everything you read about the guy, he seems pretty content to be the head coach in Ames, Iowa. But I don't know. Uh, I wonder if he has regrets about it, anything like that. He seems very bought into the community, so maybe this isn't a question at all. Maybe this is not even something worth uh, debating. But either way, I've got the Cyclones going 5-7 and seven this year. Uh, I mean, just a, a loss at Iowa, loss to Baylor, loss to Kansas State, at Texas, Oklahoma, uh, at Oklahoma State, and at TCU. So I've got wins over Texas Tech, West Virginia, uh, at Kansas, Ohio, and Southeast Missouri. Now, the win total is 6.5. It is juiced to the under at minus 125. I mean, their conference odds, like to win the conference, are plus eighteen hundred. It's eighteen to one. I don't like their odds to win the conference this year. I think they can get to a bowl game. They're going to have to beat somebody they're not expected to beat. Which I say that, and of course, they're still projected favorites in eight games. I don't know if they will still be favorites in eight games once we get through the season, but we shall see. Uh, Iowa's not going to be great this year, so even though that game's on the road. I mean, you take care of business, and you don't beat yourself, don't turn the ball over, you're definitely going to have a shot. Baylor, uh, they probably should have beaten Baylor last year. That was a 31-29 game. Uh, Kansas State, yeah, you can beat Kansas State. At Texas, yeah, I think you can probably show up there. Like, there's, there's nobody on this schedule that you're scared of. There's nobody that you can't beat. The issue is, I just don't know how talented the roster is. And that's where it becomes a problem for Matt Campbell and that bunch. You've got a lot of inexperience here. You're going to have to develop some guys. With Iowa being your second game of the year, that's going to be a bit of an issue. Uh, you still got studs. I mean, if Hunter Deckers comes in and he's just flinging the ball to Xavier Hutchinson and the offensive line is better and you're finally able to get a running game going, your defense ought to be able to hold tight, especially against somebody like Iowa. I, Again, I've got them 5-7. and seven. I think they could make a bowl game. You know, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't, but regardless, is what it is. Uh, next, we will dive into Kansas State. This will be our last one for today. We'll dive into Big 12 Part 2 later on this week. I'll go ahead and record it probably early because when that thing's going to run, I believe I'm going to be eh, over the middle of America, <laughs> over some of these Big 12 teams on my way to Las Vegas. So, Uh, We'll talk about the Kansas State Wildcats and Kansas State last year. Uh, Very interesting team. I think that if if Skylar Thompson had not gotten hurt, I think they probably could have been uh, really good last year. I mean, they went eight and five, had a good bowl win over uh, over LSU. Now, obviously, that was a flawed LSU team. Chris Kleiman is doing some good stuff here. Again, seven and five in the regular season, they were seven point one and four point nine as far as post game win expectancy goes. So that's something. Um, 
I mean, it's just dead on. Like, they were exactly what you would expect them to be. Offense was really good. The defense was lacking a bit. They were number 32 in PPA per drive on offense, number 88 in PPA per drive on defense. Uh, This is another one of those weird ones when you look at the numbers. 51 in PPA margin, number 26 in net points per drive. Those should be closer together, and yet these were uh, way off, way off. So total plays per game for this team, I mean, they ran at the slowest pace uh, you could possibly come up with. They didn't have to defend a whole lot of plays on defense because the offense didn't run a lot of plays. They, they ran the ball a lot. Um, you're going to miss Skylar Thompson, I think. Like, I really, really think. Uh, even though you do have a talented guy coming in, a guy that has played, that's got experience, and Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, I still think you're going to have some issues here. Returning production is 58%. That's number 84 in the country. The offense has 66% coming back. The defense, only 50%. So you're going to miss some dudes that had gotten pretty solid uh, under the defensive coordinator, uh, Klanderman. Let's start off with the offense here. Kleiman let go of his longtime offensive coordinator, Courtney Messingham, to promote Colin Klein. Now, you did get to see Klein in the bowl game, and he took some chances early. He shifted the run-pass ratio in the bowl game from 59% run-to-pass to only 55%. Does that mean anything? Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what it looks like this year you got a big change in quarterback. Again, Adrian Martinez comes in. You know, what is that going to mean for what this team was capable of doing by taking care of the football, not beating themselves, et cetera? Because Adrian Martinez was kind of known for that, right? He it just, okay, so we'll just look at the numbers. Nebraska was number 71 in giveaways per game, and Kansas State was number 10 in giveaways per game. Like, Skylar Thompson and that bunch did not turn the football over very much at all. Is that a culture thing? Is that something that they can teach? Or is Adrian Martinez just what we've seen out of him and Scott Frost's offense? That's going to be a huge, huge thing as far as this offense goes. Running back Deuce Vaughn is back along with the wide receivers Brooks and Knowles. Uh, Only two offensive linemen are coming back. Again, I want to see what Klein looks like as far as his play calling. I want to see Adrian Martinez and whether or not he's going to... uh, be more secure with the football this year. I think that's going to be a big thing. As far as defense, should be pretty solid again. Like, I know that they've only got 50% returning production, but Glanderman has found a way to make them okay, right? And again, they need to improve number 88 PPA per drive. They're bringing back playmakers like the linebacker Green and the defensive end, and Udike Uzoma. Hopefully I said that right. If I didn't, you can correct it in the comments. <laughs> uh, the front seven should be pretty solid here. They were number 21 in rushing success rate allowed last year. That's pretty awesome. Secondary was a weak point. They were number 96 in passing PPA, number 97 in passing success rate allowed. They're losing all but three regulars, and they are bringing in three transfers here. So that's going to be interesting to see what they look like. But again, I got a lot of trust in them to be able to figure this thing out. They're projected favorites in only six games. They've got nine toss-ups. Again, nine games where the projected final is going to be... uh, within eight points, which is, eh, uh, again, this whole conference is like that. Like, I think this whole conference is just kind of up in the air. Keys to the season here, you got to make sure the quarterback, Martinez, is comfortable. Don't put him in positions to fail, kind of like what he had happen in Lincoln. He was 4-17 and in one-score games. Can you turn him around? That's going to be a key. Uh, another key, defense needs to get secondary transfers to gel early because the pass defense was the soft spot last year. And then third, 
Again, I want to see what Klein looks like on offense. The OC change was incredibly unexpected. Their success rate was number 25 in the country overall. And yet, they were only number 100 in scoring opportunities, number 64 in points per scoring opportunity. I don't even know how you get to that point where you are number 25 in the country in success rate, and yet you cannot get inside the opponent's 40-yard line. Like, they just beat themselves too many times. Turnover margin was number 43, Penalties per game, number 18. Those are pretty decent. They just, their drives stalled, which is just weird to think about. Uh, their win total is six and a half this year. It's juiced to the over at minus 140. I think that this is a sleeper contender here. I think Adrian Martinez getting into a culture like this could be really, really good. I don't think that they ask him to pass a whole lot unless Klein decides to do something crazy. But if you, you use the wheels that are on this kid, and you don't put him in a position to fail. I think he can do big, big things. I've got him going nine and three. Now I've got three losses just all in a row: Oklahoma State, Texas, and at Baylor. But again, anywhere from seven and five to ten and two, I think is doable for this bunch. I've got him at nine and three. I think that they can compete for a spot in the Big Twelve title game. I like what Kleiman's doing. I think he's a great coach. I like the culture he's built. I like the identity that his football team plays with. I think this is a really, really good football team. And I think they got a chance to be really good this year. So that's the direction that I'm going with them. Nine and three for Kansas State might be a little high. But, hey, I'm just throwing out prognostications uh, like crazy here. So (laughs) nine and three for Kansas State is what I have on this one. That is going to wrap up today's show. You guys have been fantastic. Again, subscribe on the YouTube. Make sure and toss in the comments your prediction for these different teams. I want to see what you guys think. Am I crazy with Kansas State going 9-3? and three? Am I crazy with Iowa State 5-7? and seven? I want to know. Let me hear from you. Uh, so subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast, of course. Share the show out. we got a lot of stuff coming this season. we got three more uh, weeks of college football previews for the conference previews, and then we're going to dive into some really interesting stuff. So I, I think we're, I think you guys will really like what we're doing. But I am curious to hear from you. Of course, follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. <sighs> guys, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to the Winning Cures Everything podcast. The website is winningcureseverything.com, and if you want to connect with us, we're on Twitter, at GaryWCE, at Chris B. Giannini, at Winning Cures, or you can email us, Gary at winningcureseverything.com, or Chris at winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe everywhere you need to subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 